Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's interview is with John Keeler, a runner that found himself chasing and chasing until his body started breaking down. We discuss why he started running in the first place, what got him into ultras, the injuries that ultimately put his running career on the shelf, and trying to find that love for it once again. Enjoy today's interview with John Keeler. John Keeler, welcome to Chasing Three Hours. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. I uh, begin every podcast by asking the guest how their most recent run went. I know you got one in this morning. How was your run today? I did. I'm clawing my way back to regular running, so just glimpses of uh, what it used to be. So it was uh, it was one of those runs that you get done and you're like, oh, okay, all right, I can maybe I can get back into this thing. That would be fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting, you know, looking at your Strava history, because if you go to like the main profile page, you're going to see lots of runs, thousands of miles. But then if you go to your your main page right now, it's a lot of like zeros and then it's starting to climb back up. I mean, what has that been like? And obviously we'll, we'll dive into a lot of this stuff, but yeah. what's it been like for you recently as you've, you got out for a 12 miler today? What was, how's that been for you recently? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, as I'm sure we'll talk about, I used to be like 120, 140 miles a week. So, uh, going from that to a lot of zeros was something else. Uh, I've had to kind of reteach myself how to run in the last little bit just going through injuries i'm sure we'll talk about some of that so uh you know through that whole journey there's ups and downs you get glimpses of your former self and then and then you have some some downs uh but you know it's it's slowly gradually climbing up i feel like there's some consistency back into it which is kind of uh, i'm trying trying not to ride too high on the roller coaster but it's pretty excited about it are you having fun uh, yeah, I'm trying to reintroduce the idea of having fun to running. Yeah, which is like a journey in and of itself when you get so far down the rabbit hole and it turns into just like not fun or just like something you're doing competitively for a while. Uh, so yeah, I'm like, I'm enjoying adding it back to the day in like a meaningful way, which is like, a, it's giving me glimpses of what, like when when I started, which is funny, like you reached out right at the same time as like, I was starting to get back into, okay, this is what it means to run. And what is your definition of running? What does that look like? What are you hoping to get out of it? So it's been a, it's been a serendipitous uh, outreach from you actually. Well, that's perfect. Let's just go all the way back then. Um, Did you run growing up? Was it something that you enjoyed uh, when you were a kid? It's been fun talking to people. You're the fifth guest. And some of them, it's like, you know, I did the fitness test and I succeeded and and then I ran cross country or whatever it was. Other people, it's like, no, I didn't do it until a few years ago. What was it like for you? Yeah. So I like, uh, I guess I quasi ran in high school. I was like a JV. I called myself JV all-star. So I was like not good at it at all. Right. And it was, uh, it was more something to just do in high school. Uh, so it wasn't like really a thing. Uh, and then went to college you know, ran in exercise every once in a while. But then when I graduated college, got a job, first time in the workforce, traveled a lot. You get the expense uh, account, you know, you're, you're traveling, you got the credit card, you're drinking beers, you're, 
eating fried food. And I kind of looked at myself in the mirror and was like, you need to do something about what, what you're, what's going on here. Uh, and that's kind of what got me back into running and then very quickly kind of snowballed into, oh, should I run a marathon? And then that kind of fell, uh, fell all over itself. So, uh, I feel like we're, we're similar in that, you know, like I ran in high school, you know, I was, I got a letter and I always tell people I got a letter and that was kind of what it was about. I never really put work into it in the off season. I, I ran all of my best high school times as a, as a sophomore, I ran a sub five mile, you know, I had my best five Ks, like all of that oh, stuff at that. That's fast, it, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's fast. That's yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah. I look back at myself and I'm like, damn, what, what could I have been if I would have, you know, kept going to a little bit harder. And then the same thing happens, you know, college, post-college life, you eating all the time, you know, enjoying beers with, with my friends and stuff. And so like when I, I, and I've had like these ups and downs of like, now I'm going to, I'm going to lose some weight and then I gain it back. But I've always been able to like fall back on, on running basically because I, like I know how to do it. Um, it's, I mean, in, in all uh, reality, it's pretty cheap and easy, you know, just go outside and, and go for it. Was, was that the process, the thought process for you too, that, it was just something that you knew how to do. You didn't have to buy any extra gear, maybe outside of some shoes and running shorts, and and you could just dive right back into it. Man, that's a good question. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have like a bit of an addictive personality. Uh, maybe, maybe we have a friend in common, Michael Schaefer. Maybe Michael might have warned you about that, uh, which probably tells a lot about how far I got into running. So I think it was just like. I think it was just like, that was, you're, you're probably right. It was the easiest thing to do, right? It's like, you can go out. I, I, it seemed the fastest or the shortest line between where I wanted to be and how much I weighed and where I wanted to go. Right. And it was like, well, the easiest way to do this is probably to like run. Um, so I think that's just why I did it. I, I don't, I was never really skilled at it. It's like something that's like very easy to do. Right. Like you get to do it by yourself. So you don't, you didn't have to like, like do it in front of anybody else. You could go just out there and like, you could be really slow and it really didn't matter. Um, so yeah, it was just something really easy to do. Uh, I think it's probably why I got into it again. So did you, did you take to it well then? And I guess what year, what year is this when, when you're like, all right, it's time to, it's time to shed a few pounds. I'll, I'll start running. What, what year was it? And and was it something that you kind of very quickly, I don't know, fell in love with. I don't know if that's the word for you or just like, I, I'm, I'm kind of taken by this. Yeah. It was very much like started running to lose weight. Friends said that he was going to run. I'm actually from Lincoln, Nebraska or Columbus, Nebraska, but went to school at university of Lincoln. So I was in Lincoln. Friend was like, uh, we should do the Lincoln marathon or had done a marathon. And I was like, yeah, that sounds interesting. Like I'll, I'll start training for that. Um, and then I ran like a three sixteen or something, you know, like I had been running, you know, and trying to get in shape and put time into it. And I ran like a three sixteen, and I think I was, I was shooting to qualify for Boston in my first marathon, which like, I'm an idiot, you know, like, yeah, I don't know why. Like I thought that that was, what people did. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to qualify for the Boston marathon. And then that had to be 2010 or 2011, I think, um, when I ran the Lincoln marathon and then I moved to Colorado, uh, and I got just like more into running in Colorado. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like 
straight from the Lincoln Marathon, it was like, okay, I ran a 316. I had to walk along like a, a little bit and like towards the end of the marathon, I was like, I can, I can qualify for Boston. I think I can run a sub three. So I, I signed up for like the 2012 Philadelphia Marathon. Um, and I ran a 259 in Philadelphia. And I thought, I mean, I still have a plaque from it because I thought it was the peak of my athletic ability. Like yeah, that what there was no way I was doing anything better than what I did at the Philadelphia Marathon. Um, and from there, it's just like, you know, you live in Colorado and everybody's trail running and everybody's running. So it was just very active. I was like, just a young guy I was traveling a lot. So it was like, just every time I was back in Colorado, it was like, oh, okay, running's like the activity. And I just got more and more into it. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there, more races and longer distances. And, you know, Did, when, when you moved to Colorado, was that for work uh, or was that to chase, to chase these running goals? No, no, it was, uh, it was probably a story for another podcast, but, uh, I, uh, I just woke up one day and I was like, I, I can't live in Nebraska anymore. Um, so I, I like went and had a bunch of drinks with friends and I was like, I'm quitting my job tomorrow. And I like went in, I went in and I was like, I'm, uh, I'm done. I'm moving to Colorado. And, uh, and they were like, okay, you know, we'll, uh, we'll do like want to work here when you move to Colorado. And I was like, hadn't considered it, but yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. That sounds great. That sounds great. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, let's, let's talk about it. You know, we'll, we'll kind of transition this over the course of the next you know, six to nine months. And I was like, Oh no, I'm leaving next month. Like I'm moving next month. And they're like, what are you, what are you, did you think this through? And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> like I had one too many drinks and that's what I decided. And that, and I just moved to Colorado. I didn't know anybody out here. I was just like, this seems like the place to be. That's awesome because I, th- I mean, how many of us in our lives have had that moment where we're like, I want to, I want to pick up and move. I don't want to do my job anymore. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I don't want to be around these people anymore. And for whatever reason, most of us, 99.9% of us decide not to, and you pulled the trigger. Yeah, man. I, in, anything, any decision I've ever made in life, the best decisions have been just drastic and out of, uh, like just on a whim. Uh, and they, yeah. they've, they've, done well for me. Uh, so that's, it's kind of the story of my life, I guess. So you mentioned, uh, Philly and when we, when we first texted back at the beginning of June, you mentioned that move to Colorado. And then you mentioned the Philadelphia marathon the next year and, and running a two fifty nine. And you, as you told me that day, you said, that's when my running became an obsession. So like leading up to the Philadelphia marathon post Philadelphia marathon, I guess, what was the biggest difference for you, because I mean, for a lot of us and you know, the podcast has its name because I was going after a sub three, I did it, was able to do it in Chicago last year. That's like the pinnacle, right? Yeah. And some people just keep going, whether it's, you know, the far off dreams of the OTQ or just, I guess, trying to find the limits of one's body. What, what was it? What was it for you after Philadelphia that said, I, I, I just want to do more or I want to do something different? Yeah. So I got into trail running like after that, right. A friend introduced me to trail running and I was like, Oh, this is really interesting. Um, and then I just got more and more into running, uh, longer distances. Um, after Philly, so I, so I would have run Philly in 2012. It's a November marathon, right? So I would have yep. qualified for Boston in 2014. 2014 was the Boston that I got to run, right? Which is a year after the bombing, which is in 2013. Um, 
So I, you know, you're, you're training to run that faster than what you had been. Right. And then you're getting into trail running and then I'm getting into longer distance running. And then I actually signed up for a 50 K. Uh, it was when the market to market relay in Nebraska did a 50 K. And, uh, so I went, I went to that race with expectations to win. Cause I had gotten into running. I, I realized that I was getting better at it after the 259 running a lot of distances I've met friends in the ultra community and they've like been like, yeah, you need to do this. And I, uh, so I'm running market to market and I get about to 26 ish miles. Uh, and I just like fall apart. Like my whole body just doesn't want to move. And, uh, I'm winning the race and I just stop and I like start walking and I was like, and there's a bike, uh, you know, a lead biker that picks you up at a certain point or whatever. And, And he's like, no, you're winning. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. And he's like, no, no, but you're, you're winning. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. And he's like, no, I don't think you understand. You're a long ways in front of people. You're winning. And I was like, I, I can't do it. And I like, I dropped out of the race and I woke up the next morning and I was so pissed that I like didn't run the last five miles. Like I just so like angry at myself and it's like, you have five miles to do this. Uh, and I, so I woke up the next day, I ran five miles and I ran every day for like eight and a half years. Uh, so I started a run streak that very next day. And that was kind of like me that I think that was like, so after Philly and running and then that race and like just being hit on the head of like, and it's not that hard to do this. You just wake up every day and you do it. Like That's what you need to do. And then I think when I had that conviction about doing it, like when you do something that often, that long, that consecutively, you just get better and better and better at it. And when you get good at something, it just like snowballs, right? You go, oh, this is, oh, okay. So I never hit, like I had these wins along the way, right? That a lot of people run that three hour marathon, right? You have like the excitement after it and you kind of take a deep breath and you take some time off and you like, you know, recuperate and you think about it. And then maybe you decide, Hey, I want to go out and do it again. But then you maybe run like a 258, 259 or something. Right. Like I got, I ran a 259 and then I go and like, I'm winning this 50 K and then I run every day. And then I go to Boston in 2014. I ran like a 247 or 249 or something. Right. And I'm like, Oh shoot. Like I could be really good at this. Like maybe I'm, maybe this is the thing I'm good at. And that just like, I think that's what really made me go, okay, just keep doing this and see what happens. You know, what, what does your family and friends, like, what do they think of this? Because I I know for me, it's been really interesting the last few years because there are, you know, some friends, my running friends specifically, who totally get it, right? Like they all understand exactly why I'm doing this. Most of them, if not all of them, are probably listening to the podcast right now. They're like, yep, I get this. I understand it completely. My parents have been very supportive. My fiance has been very supportive, even though when we first started dating, she, I mean, I was running like 70 miles a month. And then, you know, I'm peaking now doing 70 miles a week. And, and so she has seen this evolution of me, but I think it makes sense even to her. But then I have this whole other group and they're like, I don't understand this. I will never understand this. And in a way, I feel like sometimes they don't even want to ask me about it because it is just so, I don't know, weird or foreign to them. What what was that like for you? Uh, Man, I think probably a lot of them, it was like, well, this is just, John just goes really deep into things. <laughs> so like, that is what he's going to do, right? Like, that's weird. Um, 
Yeah. So I think I like, I'm, I'm trying to think back to everybody gets super excited when you qualify for Boston, right? Cause that's a thing that they see on TV and they, they know what it means. They're like that, that, that means you did something really good. Yeah. That means something. So, uh, so that was kind of like, people would just talk to me about that. I think mostly, right. Cause I got to run Boston like six years in a row. Right. So then everybody in my orbit is like, Oh Oh yeah, I've got this friend that goes to Boston every year, right? So that's how they like to talk, which I'm sure you've seen when you ran like a sub three. Oh yeah, I was talking to this person who likes to run, and I told them about you. Like you must yep. know this person because yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's it's not that small of a world. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think that that it was kind of just this combination of oh, this is a cool thing because I've heard about this in other places, and yeah, this is just this is what John does. This this doesn't surprise me. So this like 2012, 2013, 2014 range, um, as you like throw yourself into whether it's trail running and, and ultra running in general and, and obviously doing these marathons, I guess, is is your life now to a point, it, it you know, over a decade ago where, where it's just revolving purely around running, where you're thinking about it nonstop, you're obviously getting out, I would assume, in the mornings or maybe at nights, like, I guess, how, how did that how did that change the day-to-day of, of being John? Yeah, I mean, it was just like, uh, I would say from that time, and, and I even say this now, doing something every day in your life has a derivative value in the rest of your life, right? You you plan better, you think clearer. It was really my my like moment to meditate, right? Or uh, exactly what like all my best thinking was done after a run. If I had a big work meeting, everybody knew like let him go for his run, come back, he'll have like better ideas, right? So my my world definitely did. And my schedule revolved around like, Oh, John's got to get his run in today. Uh, and like I said, I think that like there, there's a way that that can get unhealthy. Right. Which I, I'm a- absolutely did with me and with other people for, you know, long periods of time. But I will also say that a, like a strong percentage of that is like, there's a ton of derivative value in like committing yourself to something and doing something every day in that endeavor. Like it just, uh, it has a massive impact on the rest of your life. Yeah, I, I couldn't. No, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I wonder. So, because I guess when when I you know first started talking to you a month ago, and when I heard from Mike Schaefer a little bit about you, I guess I always thought it was like he does the marathons for a little bit, and then he has like this whatever epiphany or something like I need to chase more. But it it more they're happening at the same time, right? Yeah, definitely happening at the same time. It was like getting into trail running. It was oh, like running Boston, doing well, and then going, oh, I think I can do this well. Now, marathon, like the marathon distance ended up taking a fairly quick backseat to just like the ultra marathon and trail stuff. Um, mostly because like, man, when I said five, five minute miles fast, like I never, I don't think I've ever run a sub five minute mile. Like I've run a 238 marathon. Uh, I've never run a sub five minute mile. Uh, and I'm, lo- I'm looking up at my sheet right now. So what's that? A sub? Is that about a, uh, about a six minutes yeah, mile, right? Yeah, six minutes. Yeah, six minutes. Yeah. But then like my, but because ultra marathon took priority, right? My train, my speed training was like mid long runs, right? That was as fast as I ever got. So like my fastest 5k um, was I think like right under 17 minutes or something, right? It was in the middle. I like ran 12 miles as a warm up to a race, to a 5K race, right? So it was like <laughs> that was my speed training. But it, you know, Boston was always 
it's funny. I was talking to my wife. I like, it's stupid that I'm wearing a Boston Marathon shirt because I literally like, it's just, I love long sleeve shirts. I have six of these. It's what I put on, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, because, and I was like this, should I change my shirt before this thing? Um, so yeah, like marathons took kind of a backseat pretty quickly, but it, it is like, I don't know, it's a fun distance. Uh, and it's something I always look forward to. So I guess, did you, did you ultimately, or maybe kind of view them as like training sessions then, or, or did you still try to get, especially as you're running six in a row, did you really try to get something out of those? And and I was actually scrolling through your Instagram before we started recording, just seeing, you know, what some of the stuff that you had written back in the day. And I stumble upon the 2018 one, which my dad was at. And so he always loves seeing people in those really ugly jackets, but he's like, I know exactly what you went through to get one of those. So that's a long question to ask, like, what were you trying to get out of them with the story in the middle of it, I guess? Yeah, I uh, I wanted to break 240 because I thought 240 was the next level. And and honestly, in in my world, I, I made the joke like uh, to the lay person, there is no difference uh, between 240 and three hours. It really doesn't matter. Uh, and they're to like serious runners frankly, there's no difference between 219 and 239 or 245, right? Because it's like anything short of OTQ is just like not an OTQ. (laughs) So it's like, you're just kind of fast for being kind of fast. Like there's really no point to it. But I had in my mind, like, I want to break 240. So I did that for a few, I tried to do that for a few years. And I ran like a 240.29. I think I ran like a 240.27. And then I ultimately ran a 239.00 something at Boston. Um, so that was, that was first where I wanted to do a Boston. And then when I ran a 239, I've always wanted to do the double Boston. So you start at the finish line and then you run to the start and then you start with the normal Boston marathon. Uh, so I did that and I ran like a, I ran like a 3.05 coming back, maybe a 3.10 coming back. I should go look at the times. But yeah. So wait, real quick. You did this like the day of? Yeah, you do it the day of. Yeah. So you run the the course backwards. uh, And then you run the course forwards with everybody else. And it's fun because I still like Boston. Did you run? Have you run Boston? No, I'm running it next year. So Boston is like one coolest race in the world, right? Like the first time I ran it, I got chills literally going through, uh, through Wellesley. Um, so awesome race when you, like when I was running two forties, right? It's not like super fast. Obviously the elites are way in front of you, but it is like top one fifty. So like my focus was always get done with the race, get to the bar as fast as possible. Cause I'm the first person they see with a medal on at the bar, right? So I'm getting free drinks the entire day, which is sweet, you know? So you're like, you walk into the bar and you're wearing a medal and you're the first person that they've seen wearing a medal. They're like, they want to talk to you about how fast you ran. So it was fun because even like, even when I ran double Boston, you know, I finished in just over three hours and then it's straight to the bar. So then people are like, oh my gosh, you're the first one that we've seen finish. And wait a second, you ran to the start line and here. And like, it was just like, it was a fun like party trick. Uh, it was a cool thing. Like usually a small number of people do it every year. Um, so yeah, it's like, it was like a cool little thing. So like, I guess was, was, uh, and that's an incredible story, by the way, um, was, was the marathon, like, I guess just not scratching the itch. Do you think is that, is that why it was like, you were maybe you had this goal and you reached this goal of a sub two forty, 
but it, you're, it's just kind of scratching an itch while you're you're dreaming, I guess, of, of big, bigger things. I'm just a, I'm a super competitive dude, right? So it's like reality is like I'm not going to hit an OTQ ever. So like, what are you? What am I going to chase? I'm not going to chase that, right? So what is something like? What is something manageable that you can actually chase? Uh, and the longer distance is like I I seem to be decent at it. So it's like, oh okay, I want to go chase this thing that I could be good at. Um, which is probably like the unhealthy aspect about running, right? We talked about like it being fun again, right? I, I very quickly fell into the competitive spirit of like, oh, I can go do this and I can like win races. Um, and then that motivates you in a different way. So it was like, I'm not going to win marathons, you know? Like, I mean, I probably could win local marathons and stuff like that, right? But it was like, I want to go like do cool big races uh, and winning them sounded a lot funner than not winning them. <laughs> so. I guess like a, a big picture question then before we really start kind of diving into into what happened then next. Like what why do you think that you ended up being so good the longer the distance went? Like what what about is it is it just like do you feel like you you work really hard? Is it like going into I know that people always talk about the pain cave. Like did yeah. you just have an ability on those days to do something that your competitors were unable to do or unable to do as well as you? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, uh, not all that talented. Um, I'm a little bit, uh, like ultra marathon running is 90% mental and 10% physical. I ran every day. So I was just like, I tripped into being decent at the 10%. Right. And then when you're super competitive, you're just like, your head is in like, a different place. Right. So it's just like, I, I want to do this really well. I, probably the same thing that you saw when you ran at Chicago, like there are the last few miles, right. You, you, you have to dig into yourself and like pull something out to, you know, finish strong there. Right. And I, I got pretty good. And I remember doing a Boston at 239. It's like, it's like, Hey, you got to run a sub 40 10 K and you, you did what you're trying to do. Right. And you have those mini, kind of conversations with yourself throughout the race to make sure you're doing it right. And you, ultra marathon is just like that. You like choose a mantra while you're in the middle of the race and you're like, all right, just keep doing it, man. And you just don't have to do it as fast. In ultra marathon running. You just have to do it for a longer period of time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like talking to yourself and stuff like that. I, I, I don't remember if I've told this story on the podcast yet. Uh, I wrote about it last year, but when I hit 25.2, I looked at my at my watch and I'd given away by that point, I'd given away like 30 seconds that I that I had banked that I was feeling great about it, like mile 19 or 20. And after like the year before in, in Minneapolis, I like destroyed my goal by five minutes. So I, I was expecting like this is gonna be sweet. I'm gonna get to have another like kind of celebration into the finish line mm. and not really have to worry about it. I was like, maybe I'll even go 258 or something. Um, but I ultimately I, I lose all this bank time. And so I get to so 25.2 and I look down at my watch and it, it, I have exactly seven minutes to go. And I set out, like I looked up and I said out loud, I said, this is it. Don't regret anything about this mile. And like, I, I mean, it's a cool story because in the end I don't, you know, like if I don't, if I don't hit the time, I I'm never telling that to anybody, Yeah. but I, I like, I love that. I love that moment because you know, all of us who are listening, who have chased a goal and gotten it, we've had that like, I have to, I have to do this. And if I don't, I'm going to regret it. And it's so like, I, I don't know. It's just, I'm always kind of proud of myself for that yeah. moment. And, you know, I mean, it still means a lot, you know, I don't know how many, nine months later, eight, eight months later. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Did you think about that? Did you, uh, 
did you picture that before the race at all? Like, did you think about if I'm at this moment, I'm going to have to really have a conversation with myself or all no. in, in moment. You're like, it's, don't regret it, man. That's what's really cool about running is like, and if you do it long enough and you do enough races, you, you get to look back on the ones where you were able to kind of flip the switch. Right. And you kind of go, you, you put yourself in the mind, right mindset and you, you do it and you do exactly what you, uh, uh, what you set out to do. And it's because you kind of like looked within yourself and, and said that. And then there's sometimes like, like I can look at races and I can just be like, I, I just gave up, you know, I just gave up. I just, I wasn't there mentally, which is just the biggest, probably why sports psychologist is a thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm a couple months now post Lincoln and I've talked about it on every podcast, so I'm not going to try to belabor the point again, but like that, that one was really tough because the sun crept out, the clouds went away, the, the humidity was higher than it had been throughout training. And there was, I remember the moment where after like having years and years now, the last few, I started running really like I care in 2020 and just getting all these PRs and feeling like super mentally strong. That was the first day where I was like, Oh, I can't, I can't just force myself to keep going at this pace. It's, it's, you know, and and it's just slower, 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 slower. And, uh, you know, it was a good learning moment, but it also was like, damn, this sucks. Like I really, I thought that I'd kind of gotten past that, but of course, you know, you're going to have bad days. Sometimes you go in the well too deep and your legs literally (laughs) just don't respond. That's a, that's a, that, that course, that Lincoln marathon course is like a sneaky, weird course too. Cause it does. The back half sucks. Yeah. And it just gets hotter and there's not a lot of, I mean, I like Lincoln. There's not a lot of support out there, especially if you get out to Holmes Lake and it's just empty and you're like, this is stupid. And it's uphill a little bit. And you're just like, I don't, why am I doing it? And you have to do a down and back and you're like, Oh, this, you know, this yeah. is like running on my home course. This isn't what I want to do yeah. when I'm running in a, in a marathon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, um, you mentioned market to market. I guess what what is the first race that you would consider like a true ultra in the sense of all of the trappings, I guess, that go with a with an ultra? Because I guess when I close my eyes and I think of an ultra and I've never ran one, I know that like a 50K is, I know that, you know, that, that can be a road race though, but technically it's defined as an ultra. When I close my eyes, I always imagine the the mountains and weird terrain and all sorts of things. What do, do am I am I off on this? I guess would you agree? And, and when did that kind of first one come for you? Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm looking back because uh, I should probably get my dates right. So market to market, the the one I dropped out of was 2013. Um. So then I, I'm good friends with Pete Kostelnik, who who's some people might know, but he's a pretty uh, well-known ultramarathon runner. He ran across the United States. And I think he he really helped me dive pretty deep into ultramarathon running. So we did the Cycle Wico in Kansas City together. That was like one of the – that was like a – I was like, okay, this is a little bit of trails. And then I did the Pikes Peak Marathon, which I think would probably, you, although it's not an ultra marathon, it was like, it's really like the first introduction to a real trail race. Both those races just like chewed me up and spit me out. Like I met my wife not long before the Pikes Peak Marathon and she like came out as my girlfriend and I, I, I think they had to put an IV in me at the end and I threw it. Like, I think they had to put two IVs in me at the end, actually. Like I literally crossed the finish line as a ghost. Like I was just like not in it. Um, and that, I think like even bad performances at those though, in like some masochistic way, that was exciting to me. It was like, oh, I can really push myself 
to a level that I like that is probably unsafe. This is, I want more of this, right? Like this is really, really interesting. Um, and then from there, I just, I like got the bug. So I, I looks like I, uh, my first 50 miler, uh, was a race called run rabbit run. Um, which was also like 2014. Right. So this all just like kind of compound, like it's just like one after another, I'm just like, Oh shit, this is awesome. I want to do this. Right. So like, I don't think I had ever run 31 miles until like two weeks before run rabbit run 50 miler. And somebody was asking me like on the course, like, Oh, what's your longest run? And I was like, Oh, 31 miles. Like, Oh, when'd you do that? And I was like two weeks ago. And they're like, that's not how you like, like, bro, that's not how you do this. Uh, And like, I did pretty well there. I think I got like, I got top 10 there um, and finished really strong. uh, And kind of everybody in the trail community just like rallies behind you. They're like, that was your first race. That's awesome. Like, wow, you finished really strong. And then just kind of like, I don't know, t- takes off, I guess. Then I go back and I run the mark, uh, like uh, market to market in 2014 and then just completely lose myself in running as many ultra marathons as possible. <laughs> so you mentioned, you mentioned the, the trail community. And so I, I was on a local podcast in Omaha a couple of months ago and the, the, the host of it, Joseph Kilzer, he asked me, like, so when are you going to get into ultras? And uh, I, I would describe myself right now as certainly ultra marathon curious. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I have a lot of questions and a lot of, I guess, fears. I but maybe, all of them. Let's go through all yeah, of them. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I go, so I go home and I talk to my fiance and, and I say, yeah, he asked me this question. And she goes, why do people keep asking you this? Because she's like, no, thank you. What I, I say all that to, to ask about the trail community because I've heard that. I've heard that many, many times from a million different people. What it, what is it about that that style or that group that people just like fall in love with? Because it's obvious that I think a lot of them have the same personality traits as you. But there also just seems to be something about the people. And even though like I can go run Chicago and I'm like, this is sweet. I'm surrounded by thousands of fellow sickos like me. Yeah. It, it seems to ramp up with the trail community. Yeah, I would. The, I mean, this is only. I don't think I've ever really thought about this out loud. So uh, this is a great place to do it. Uh, <laughs> I would bet that part, part of it is like you you start to divorce yourself from uh, times and the clock, right? So like road running is all about like sub three and then, okay, I want to hit this other arbitrary time. Whereas trail running is like some some of it, if you're, if you're competing, it's about competition, right? But for a vast majority of people, it's just like, oh, I'm out in the mountains or I'm out in the trails and I'm really like genuinely enjoying my day, right? I'm seeing beautiful things. I'm having people support me along the way in these like small little aid stations that they're having their own party, right? They've all gone through these experiences where they've had long or short runs and they've done this trail thing. And it's just like, a, it's just like, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't pass up run along a beautiful trail at whatever pace you're going. Right. Like it, it's just like you and being out there. Um, so I, I think that's why people fall in love with it. It's a very, like, I'd like to believe it's a very inclusive community. I think obviously, you know, like the more people get into it, the, the harder it is to cr- kind of create that like huge inclusive community. I'd like to believe that I was kind of 
at the front end of even just the, the boom that's happening in, in trail running. And hopefully it's continued that way, but it is just this like road running is to like road cycling is like mountain running is to mountain biking, you know, like, I think it's just like road cycling is a, is a thing of its own. Right. Um, and trail running is kind of that yin to the, the road running yang, I would say. You, you mentioned being like on the forefront of it. Um, you know, like now for me, as I get into stuff over the last couple of years, it's very easy to find like books to read about training theory. You know, I, I, the last couple of cycles, I've gone through the Fitzinger 1870 plan, for example, and I've had a you know good amount of success with it. I can read for I can I read the running subreddit all the time. I mean, this for you, it's 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. How how do you figure out like training? I mean, you're, you mentioned the friends, you mentioned the community. I have to imagine that you leaned on that. Was it also just though you going out and, and seeing what you could do on a day-to-day basis or on a Saturday or a Sunday long run? Yeah. I mean, you know, I would say like front end, obviously there's Scott Jurek and Born to Run and all of those things that well before me, right? So I, I, like front end of now there's like Courtney DeWalter and Camille Heron and you're starting to see this stuff on the front page of CNN, right? So it's just, it's a little bit more mainstream, right? I guess. So I, I don't want to say like, you know, I was doing trail running while uh, Gordon was starting the Western States 100. That certainly isn't. I was watching the Beatles in Hamburg yeah, and then they blew yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to, I want to check myself on that. Um, I would say like uh, just there's a couple of friends, uh, Pete being one of them in terms of like just training wise uh, that it was like that, that was who I would like, ping off of. Just not the best not the best person to ping off of when he's running like 140 miles a week. Right. So it's like, it's like I had a one bad influence in my life. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I mean, that was, that was it. Cause like, and I, I wish I probably would have done it smarter, but, um, but yeah, it was just like, Oh, I want to go out and I want to just see how many miles I can run. Cause that seems fun. And I want to run a lot of them every day. And this is cool. <laughs> Back to the podcast and my interview with John Keeler in just a moment. But before so, a quick little story. Uh, at the start of 2022, I wrote down a list of goals that I had before I turned 40 in 2028. Of course, some of them were based off of running, particular races, particular times, including chasing after three hours. Nailed that one, by the way. But one in particular was to brew my own beer, to brew my own IPA, in fact. And I'm really excited to announce that I had a chance to do so recently with the awesome people at Monolithic Brewing. And so on Wednesday, July the 12th, race day, an IPA that I helped brew with their head brewer, Shane, will be released, and I will be there. So if you are in the Omaha area, or heck, if you just want to come in from out of state, I would love to see you there. Wednesday, July the 12th, I'll be there at about 6.30 or so for race day, a brand new IPA that I was able to help brew. So I appreciate Shane and Todd and Derek and everybody there at Monolithic. I hope to see you Wednesday, July the 12th, as race day is released. Back to the podcast and my interview with John Keeler. In, in this in this moment in time, you know, I have your your uh, what the the run ultra sign up page up, and I mean, there's a lot of like overall top tens, um, age group, you know, 
number ones. I mean, you, you had obviously you were really, really good. Like, again, I kind of ask about your family um, or your friends. Did they like understand like, the, again, the ones that are outside of this community? Do they understand like, oh, it's not just John being John, but John is going out and like performing at a very high level at a lot of these things? Yeah, I was like, I suppose at my best, I was a very just niche runner. It was like, it was always interesting because I was probably more known in the running community uh, because I ran a lot of miles, right? And then all of a sudden, like people followed me on Strava and I was like, how is this guy doing this every day, right? And then I would run these races, and do pretty well at the races and compete with people that were like, you know, running the races as like, those were the A races where I was like running a race the weekend before I was running a long race the day before. So like that kind of created a niche for me in the world through that niche. Like I got support from Under Armour for a period of time. Right. So yeah, people around me and even my friends and family were like, Oh, the key's obviously devoted to this, but he's like somewhat good at this as well. So this starts to make sense. And that's probably where it diverges from like enjoying running to being like too competitive and focusing on it. And like, just really getting caught up in, I mean, the same thing a lot of people get caught up in, right? Where it's like, okay, you got to post on Instagram all the time. And then like, you get disappointed if you don't win a race or if you get second a race or you don't perform at a race, right? And then all of a sudden it just becomes like a part-time job, which is ultimately like what it was for a period of time, right? It was like, okay, I'm putting in 20 to 30 hours a week running uh, along with a full-time job. So yeah, they, do, they do, got it eventually. <laughs> do you have, do you have a moment where now like with the benefit of hindsight, you look back and you say, that's kind of the dividing line when it went from like fun and something that you were competitive about, of course, but into something different, darker or whatever word you want to use to describe it. Yeah. I haven't really reflected on like if there was a specific race or time, like I think why. What is super interesting and uh, like I, if you look back at the journey, right, I ran, I read Born to Run and I was like, oh, this Leadville 100 thing is the coolest thing in the entire world, right? And, I, and then I had this dream that I, a dream to run the Leadville 100, right? And then I ran the Leadville 100 and I got an injury and I had to drop out the first year I did it. And, I, and then I did it the next year. And I ran sub 20 hours at the Leadville 100, which is like a really good time in the context of Leadville 100, especially as like a first time finisher. Um, that was a super proud moment, right? Like I, like I remember being, that was the first hundred I finished. I remember like that, those same feelings that you probably had in Chicago, those feeling, same feelings I had when I finished the uh the philly marathon sub three right that was like one of those pinnacle moments um then two years later uh you know i i ran the level 100 and i broke 19 hours uh and it was you know i think at the time one of the 50 fastest times at the level 100 and like now i've got enough time between me and then to really like look back and uh have like some joy about that moment. Right. But I can tell you like at the time I, I wanted to go back and run it faster. I wanted to go back and place better. Right. Like there was very little probably joy that I got out of that moment, um, which is crazy. Cause you're like, that's, that's why you should be running. Right. Like you, you just like smashed a goal. That's like what you want to do. And, uh, 
and yeah, I just wanted to like run faster the next year. Right. I wanted to do it better. I wanted to run, run more, uh, which is probably where it diverges. And so you, and you finished six that, that year, right? Yeah. yeah. And like when now again, with the benefit of hindsight, I mean, is that, that's gotta be the, your, your proudest moment or is it some of the other things that we have talked about? Um, or does it, is it hard to say it's the proudest moment given what you just said that, that at that time you weren't, I mean, you, you were frustrated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I had a friend that paced me in that race. Uh, you kind of like have the, all of the, in all of these races, especially long races. And you have these like moments where you get to reflect after you've been away from them long enough. And you're like, Oh, that was like a pretty big moment. Like, so I, I've got an ultra marathon running friend, Kyle Piatari, who has placed really well at Western, Western States 100. Um, and he paced me out of that race. And it was like, he got a lot out of me, right? In like a, a really good way, like the best pacer I've ever had at a race because he knew it. I had a ton of respect for him. He's raced really well at places. So like, he was just able to motivate me in an interesting one. So I like look at that race and I like still have this hunger for like, oh, you know, that, that, that was a really good experience. I would say like, there's just other really good experiences I've had at races. Pete and I ran a race together called Badwater Sultan Sea, which I think we still have the course record for, um, where you have to run every step with like a teammate. So it's like an 81 mile race. Um, so you spend 81, mi- one, 81 miles, like running with a friend and you like break a course record and that's still standing. Like that's a pretty, that's like, that's just like a cool moment as well. So there's like a couple of like cool things that happen there. How would you say the, the, I guess the way you responded to some of these races and just everything in general, having to post on Instagram and all these things, how would you say that that affected your life on a day-to-day basis away from running in a, in a positive or a negative way? Uh, I mean, I, so on which I'm sure we'll get to, I like dealt with, pretty big injury a couple of years ago. And that's when it really kind of come, like my identity was running, right? You asked about like, what did your friends think about this? And what do people ask you? And all of that, like when you do it for that long and that often, and at that level, right, you become just a runner. That is what you are. That is your identity to everybody. Right. So like any conversation that anybody engages you with is about running or about whether they, they ran last weekend or like, Hey, I'm doing this race. Uh, and when it's like taken away from you, right. And you're like not running as much and a lot, none of those people know, or a lot of those people don't know what you're going through. And then you still have to talk about running every day. It was like, Oh, I need to like, I need another stick. <laughs> like, what, <laughs> like what's a, I'm not very interesting. This was like, this is my, this was my safety mechanism was to talk about this and how I can't do this anymore. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's like, that's an interesting kind of both positive and negative, right? Cause like people would come to you and talk about that. And I like, I love, I still love talking about it. I still love talking to people about running. I love talking to people about their 5k race. I love talking to people about like trying to run, like training for their first 10k, you know, and, like asking me what miles I should run and what should I do here? And like that, like the joy of running is like, I love that. Like, and when people find that super stoked to talk to him about that and then to have to divorce yourself from that identity. And then like, people are asking you like, Oh, you know, you, you, Oh, I, you know, it's not running as much as you. And then back of your head, you're like, well, I haven't run for 
two months. I don't know. You know, and then you're like opening up a can of worms <laughs> talking about that. So it's just a weird, it's a weird space to navigate. But before we get into uh, the injury, like when when you talk to people that are really excited, whether they're early into it or I guess even someone like me who's, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a few years into this thing, but I, I'm still, for the most part, I'd say I still have a pretty healthy relationship with everything, all, all things considered. Like, is there a jealousy? Is there, like, I guess sometimes you'll talk to someone who watches a movie that you've seen a million times. and You're like, man, I really wish I could watch that movie for the first time again. And it's like, I am jealous that you're going to get to watch Shawshank Redemption. And I've never seen it before. Like yeah. uh, uh, what joy that would give me to do that again. Is, is that a way that you would describe how you feel when you talk to somebody, you know, in a situation with running like that? Yeah. I mean, that's, per, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good analogy, honestly. Uh, yeah. It's like, Oh, this beautiful thing that you get to explore. Like, let me tell you about it. You know, like, Oh, is it like, I want to hear more about this. Like, I, I honestly had a friend who, uh, I met in Colorado just a handful, like a few years ago. Right. So met me already when I was like, uh, running competitively, um, saw me at a couple of races. I did this fun, silly thing where I ran from Denver international airport to Glenwood Springs, Colorado. So it was like 200 miles, uh, because you could, I guess, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he joined me on that, you know, like ran a few miles with me on that. So he'd been around my like running world. Uh, he ran the Leadville heavy half, uh, like last week or two weeks ago. And it was his first like trail run. Right. And he texted me the minute he got done. He was like, man, we need to do a trail race together. Right. Like he was like, like he had just discovered trail running. And I was like, I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like, you know, like his excitement over it. And I was like, yeah, man, I'll sign up, you know, like I'll trudge through a race with you. This sounds awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely go out. So it's like, I'm being reconnected with people that are also finding that joy in running, uh, which is fun. So there's a little bit of like that jealousy, right. Where it's like, Oh, I wish I could go back to that. And then there's that little bit of silver lining where it's like, maybe I can like go do this in a very enjoyable, enjoyable way. So what, what I guess what happens that takes this away from you? I purposefully, when we got connected a month ago, I did not ask you because I wanted to ask you today. I did not ask Mike Schaefer, our, our mutual friend who connected us together. I I I, I know looking in, in hindsight when he got married a couple years ago, I remember him like because again he is like baffled by this. He's like, why are you <laughs> why are you running? And 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 in hindsight now, I remember the story of I have this friend who used to have a running streak. And now his his bones like click when he walks, and I was like, "What? Who? who? And I sh- I, w- I should have I should have you know prodded more in that moment uh, in 2021. Yeah. So like I guess all of that to say, I know something happened. I have no idea what it was, and all this stuff is taken away from you. Yeah. So I was so the Western States 100. I don't know how much you know or your listeners will know about Western States 100, but it's like the Super Bowl of ultra marathon running, and you have to qualify. There's lottery tickets and blah, blah, blah. So I did it for, I, I got tickets in for however many years. I don't know. I it never got chosen. And then uh, got chosen to run the Western States 100. Um, and I would have run it in 2020. Um, so it got canceled in 2020, got pushed to 2021. Uh, and I was training and I would have been, 
about a month out from the Western States 100. And I, I would say I was probably in the best shape of my life. I was like, mm. I was very, very fit. Um, and I was running repeats on this lookout mountain, which I think is like a little over 5k, a few thousand feet of elevation on roads. And I was essentially running repeats on this because they're like, we had had a wet, a wet open season. So a lot of the trails were muddy. So that's where I was getting a lot of my vert, um, which is like how you train for Western States, a lot of up and down, uh, there's a lot of pounding coming down. Um, and I, I felt something weird during a run and I just kind of, it's like a month before the race. So I was peaking, like I was, I was hitting peak mileage. Right. So it was like, I'm going to get through this workout. I have like one or two more like workouts, maybe one more heavy week. And I was like, and then I'll get to uh, taper in to the race. So it was like, don't pay attention to it. Just kind of run through it. Uh, and I woke up the next morning to run before we had to drive. Uh, we were like driving to Kansas back to my wife's family. And I took one step on the treadmill and I collapsed. Uh, and I was like, I was like, Oh, something is, something is very wrong. And I essentially just like, uh, I ran because uh, my run streak was going. So I ran two, two, 2.1 miles on the treadmill, like saying like something's very wrong here. Um, I did that again the next day and the next day and the next day. And I was like, so, like something is very wrong. Uh, so, and uh, anybody who knows me is like, I'm not going to set up a doctor's appointment. And I actually like, I was like, I, when I get back to Colorado, I have to go see a doctor. Like something is like, like very wrong right now. Uh, and uh did some stuff went to the doctor uh and they didn't they did an x-ray they didn't see anything on the x-ray and he's like we obviously like everything you've described and everything i'm like going on we're gonna need to do an mri and i was like well we need to do it as quickly as possible i have like a 100 mile race in you know four weeks so we got to figure this out uh he was like, okay, so we got the MRI the very next day and I went to the MRI and uh, they got they got done with it. And I told the MRI tech, I was like, um, like, what's wrong? And she was like, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you that. I'm not one, I'm not a doctor Two, Like I'll get in trouble if I like pretend like I'm a doctor, right? And I was like, no, what's wrong? And she's like, I legitimately can't tell you anything. I was like, no, I'm gonna go right now and I'm gonna go run. So you have to tell me if I'm going to do like irreparable damage to myself or like, I'm going to go run right now. Cause I had run every day. I'd literally run to the doctor. Uh, um, and uh, she was like, well, it, it doesn't look good, uh, but I, I you might be able to run. Um, and I, I went home and I ran. Uh, and then I, Later that night, she called me and she was like, I hope you didn't run. And I was like, I ran. And she goes, the doctor's going to call you with your results. And they called me and they like, I had a broken hip. Uh, I had a torn, uh, a labral tear. Um, and I had like a sports hernia. I had like five things that all individually would have proven like, don't run. Um, and I, I just ran through all of them. Uh and uh, I woke up the next day and I 
Uh, I said my run streak is going to end on my terms, so I ran another two miles on a, on a broken hip and a torn uh, and torn muscles, and then uh, ended ended the run streak, and that was that, and that was that. So yeah. How many days was that? I was like eight, eight and a half years, eight, eight plus years. Uh, so apparently, what had happened, um, what had happened was uh, I broke. Uh, the greater trochanter of my hip. And when the doctor called me, he was like, uh, I've never seen this before. We're going to want to present on this at a national conference. We don't know exactly like how we're going to go about fixing this. <laughs> um, so we didn't have really like a care. I, I, I should have, in hindsight's 2020, I probably should have like gone some more doctors and figured out like really how to do it. Instead, I was like so focused on, this fitness that I had and then like missing Western States. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to run a race immediately when I can run again. Uh, so I can, so I can qualify for Western States the next year. Right. So I can like, I can run the next year. So like I tried to, you know, I, I stayed off of it and we didn't have to do surgery, but like, it just like didn't heal properly and I, everything else that was supposed to heal that we didn't like focus on to heal probably didn't heal properly immediately after like the eight weeks of no weight bearing. I like went back to running immediately. I ran, I tried to run a hundred mile race like that November. I got like 87 miles into the Rio de Lago hundred mile race. And then I was like, I was like, I think I'm going to like, I think my, like, I think my hip's going to break. Like, I think I like, because when I went to the doctor and he's like, well, if your hips broke the first time, he was like, it could be broken the femoral neck. And if your femoral neck collapses, like that's where your femoral artery is. Like you literally can just lose a leg or your entire life. So like when you run 87 miles through the trails of California and you're like, it's dark and you hurt all over and you start thinking about how the doctor told you if your femoral neck collapses, like you die. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't run the last 13 miles. Uh, and then honestly, I've not, I haven't been able to like, until fairly recently, I haven't been able to run normal since that injury back in like 2021, essentially. Like just, oh, like something wrong. Something is wrong. <laughs> so I guess did after that, was that the point of no return of, I, I need to stop doing this now? Or were you keep, were you continuing to, to like try to push through it and, and try to, what well, I don't, I mean, your run streak had obviously ended. What, what was that like? Yeah. If you look at my like Strava, like I tried to run through it. I tried, I took some time off of, off after Rio de Laga thinking like, Hey, I'll just fix this. But then like, you know, just like an addict on anything, right? Like you give it in small doses, you come back and it's like, okay, I can, I can go back to exactly what I was doing before. And I started running again. I started running a lot. I was like, okay, I'm going to target this race. I'm going to go try to run this race. I went to run that race, which is like a, a 50 miler. Uh, and I got just like a marathon into it. And I was just like, something is like very wrong with my body. Like I just can't, like my gait's not proper. Like something is very wrong here. Um, Subsequently, like I've done a lot of like reading and talking to people and trying to figure out what it is. And I think a lot of it is like this uh, labral tear that I have that was part of the like initial injury. 
um, that cause like some impingement that's just not like letting my stride work properly. Um, and unfortunately, like it's f- from everything I've read and, and, and talked to physicians, it's just a toss up. Like 50% of physicians will say, do surgery on a labral tear. And the other 50% will be like, you really can't do much. You might not get anything back from like uh, doing surgery on a labral tear. So it's like, try to do these exercises. So it's just been a lot of like fits and starts since probably last summer of like, okay, I'm going to try to take a long streak off. I'm going to try to get back into running. Uh, I'm going to try to work on this and see if that gets me back. I'm going to try to work on this and see if that gets me back. Uh, I, I, I feel like maybe now I'm starting to touch on like doing the right thing and getting into the right, uh, my strides, like getting closer to what it should be. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of optimism, I think right now. (laughs) What's your wife thought of all this? Uh, she's been very supportive. Uh, I think like when you, like when I was in the midst of my run streak, Schaefer talks about like my body creaking, right? When you're running like 130, 140 miles a week, weekend and week out, like that's just not good for you. You know, like it just, I know there's people that do it and I know there's people that are, are still doing it, but like I'm probably, I've probably landed back in the camp of like, it's just not good for you. Like he saw, like we'd go on trips. He'd see me walk in the morning and it was like, you're walking like I'm like an 80 year old man. Right. Until I like warm up. Um, and that's just a lot of just like repeat injuries and stuff. So she was like very supportive, but it was like, you know, knew I'm going to have to go through this journey of like divorcing myself from <laughs> my identity being running itself. Uh, she's been really good about it. Yeah. You, I have been, I guess, a little surprised throughout this whole conversation that you like, you seem happier, I think, than I would have expected. Just knowing a little bit of the background, mm-hmm. um, do you, like, do you feel happy or at peace, content now? Like again, with all this benefit of hindsight of, of everything. Uh, I thought I tried being pretty optimistic, dude. No, I mean, like, I, I would say, uh, if you would have talked to me June of last year. I think I still would have been happy because it's like, I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, I've got a, we got a pretty sweet life. So there's not a lot to like complain about, you know, it's like, I've got a beautiful daughter, an awesome wife, you know, I've got a, a nice house. I live in Denver, Colorado. I've got a job that uh, is good. So it's like, I mean, it's kind of like, woe is me. Oh, you can't, you can't run every day. Like get over it, dude. Um, so I try to like take a pretty optimistic uh, standpoint from that. But, you know, if you were to talk to me last summer, like certainly like, edgy, angry, like this sucks. Like, am I going to figure this out ever? Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I did it to myself. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I like just try to get smarter and see if you can figure it out, I guess. What do you miss most about, like, I don't know if it's maybe inside of the run streak or or going after goals or running all these races, but is there something in particular that you miss most from that time in your, in your life that you like that, I guess maybe you might be chasing right now or trying to get back to as you slowly kind of rework everything. Yeah. I miss being really good at it. (laughs) I'm I'm just a competitive dude. So like, I wish I would have enjoyed 
that really good Leadville race more, right? I wish I would have enjoyed uh, and reflected in the moment more on like, oh, wow, this is something that's like really special and is fleeting. I I, I would never say that I was anywhere close, but I, I can... Uh, I have empathy then for like professional athletes, right. That live their entire career. Yes. Something. And then all of a sudden they like are divorced from it. Right. And they've wrapped their identity into it. So I have like very small microcosm of that. Right. Where it's like, man, when you're in it, it's so hard to enjoy it. When you're out of it, you get to look back at it and enjoy it. But you like really wish that you could enjoy it while you're doing it. And I don't, I don't think I probably did that enough. Uh, so yeah, like that, that's probably what I miss. Like I'll, I'll tell Jamie, my wife, every once in a while, like, I remember when I did this, that was really cool. Like, wasn't that, wasn't that really cool? Was that awesome? Uh, and, and it's, so it's fun to do that now. Cause like all of my running buddies and the people that train with me, like my MO was like, if somebody was asking me like how I was feeling during the race or during a training run, like my standard response was, eh, like, eh, I don't know. We're running. It's, it's running guys. We're just running. Uh, and I wish like, I like looking back, I wish I could be like, and this is awesome. We're like fast and fit and like in like great shape and doing something really cool. Uh, I wish I could have done that more. I love what you said a couple of minutes ago about, uh, professional athletes because, and you know, I'm on a, I'm on a radio show in Omaha, Nebraska and it sounds so self-serving to say and some I've said it a couple of times on the air and I'll get these like, shut up, you run. Like, do not compare yourself to an athlete. And I'm like, look, I'm not trying to say that I am a Heisman Trophy winner or something, but the empathy that I feel for athletes now versus when I started in the business a decade ago, it's night and day. And like that feeling, again, going back to Lincoln in May, that race kicked my ass at the end and I had put all of this effort into it. And I feel like I was, you know, I was wronged by the day. If I would have had temps 15 degrees cooler, less humidity, I, I think that I would have gone, I, I think, I mean, I was going to be in the 250 range, I think. And so like, there was like this, I got wronged by the gods that day. Um, and I know that there are athletes who feel that way. And, and there are a lot of things that can go into uh -huh. a bad game or a bad golf round or whatever it is. And so again, like I, I I'm not trying to say I'm Patrick Mahomes, um, but it, it there is a level of empathy that I have now that I just never would have had within the last few until I was able to do what I've done the last few years. Yeah. Well, you get it like, a, yeah, you get it just a taste of for somebody to do this for 10, 15 years. Right. And just like every day and to get to that level of skill. Right. Like, yeah, I, I always said when people were asking me about ultra marathon running and how I had gotten support for Under Armour and what it looks like, I said, you know, there's in, in ultra marathon running, at the time, there was probably, let's call it 15 guys. That's like, they show up to any starting line, they're going to win the race. Like, they're the, they're the LeBron James of ultramarathon running, right? But there's X number of teams, and there's guys that are sitting on the bench that are really, really good, right? And I was like, and what happens in ultramarathon running is there's like a messy middle of that where there is like guy 16 through guy probably 150 that we're all matched up pretty close. Right. And we're all really good at running. Um, so it's just this like big group of, of guys that are doing that. So it's just interesting. Like you, you kind of have those connections with some of those athletes where it's like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not the best at the sport, but man, I gave them my all. And like, those, those guys are 
uh, doing it day in and day out. It's super interesting. Given what's happened to you, do you do you recommend people like go after ultras or or go after running streaks? Like, I guess you 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 hit on something like that a few minutes ago, and I just wonder how you feel about that type of personality trait today versus you know a few years ago. Yeah, you should have you should have healthy habits. <laughs> uh, in that, like, yeah, I would I would recommend people do ultra marathon running. I would definitely recommend people do like ultra trail running. Uh, I mean, it is an amazing sport. Um, I think I was really really good at listening to my body, and I was really really good at listening to my body and ignoring it. Right, like when you run that often and that much, like I knew what to put into my body, what it would make me feel like, how I was going to feel that day, when I ran well, when I didn't run well. Like I knew all of that, right? But I also was willing to just ignore my body regularly being like, hey, bro, take a break. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's when it hit like a level of like unhealthiness, right? Like multiple times before the injury and then at the injury, right? Like if you don't, if I, if I don't do that run, am I able to take, a week off and still run Western States, you know, am I able to like, uh, still be running at a competitive level today? If I wouldn't have done that, like, those are just, you know, it's interesting things to, uh, to consider, but I, I would recommend it hundred percent to everybody. So at the very end of the podcast, I always like to finish with two questions. And the first one is I ask what the guest favorite part about running is, and I, I kind of reworked your question, just knowing a little bit about you. What is your favorite part about running right now? Is it just like being able to do it again? Yeah, being able to do it again, for sure. Uh, and just this this glimmer of hope that I can get back to like, I can forget about Shawshank Redemption and watch it again. <laughs> like, uh, I can redefine what it means. And I, and I think that's where you lean on like the community and the friends that are getting into it and getting excited about it and like talking about running, right? Like I have a million questions for you. Like what, what's next? What are you going to do? How are you training? What does it look like? What, you know, like what strategies are you deploying? Like how fast do you want to run? Like those things I want to get excited about and talk about. Um, and me not running as much like eliminates the need to have to have me tell a story at all about it. Right. Right. Like it's like, they can ask me and I go, I'm not running. Don't worry about it. Let's talk about you. (laughs) So I I finish every podcast by asking the guest uh, about what they are chasing. It could be a literal time goal. It could be qualifying for something or just a feeling John Keeler. What are you chasing? Just, just a feeling of running, man. Just getting out there. Uh, I, I know this is the end of the podcast, so you can cut this story, but I would say I did this thing at Under Armour and they had a speaker come in and they asked the question uh, that you have to define for yourself if you're, on, if you're running away from or running to something. Uh, and I thought that was like, I thought that was a really good question. Uh, and one that I dealt with my entire running career. Am I running away from something or am I running to something? I never really got a strong answer. So, uh, so it's a good question to end your podcast with. Bonus question then, are you running to something right now? Yeah, I think I'm running to something. Like I've, I've become very interested in the idea of like, I've got a young daughter who's three, who like we go on hikes and she loves running down the trails at the end of hikes, right? Uh, and that's got me very excited of like, oh man, like I need to be able to do this for a long time. Cause like, running with your daughter and she's going to get into running. And this is a super fun activity that 
I don't even need to do it fast, right? Like, but just doing it with her is super exciting. Uh, so I would say like, I'm running, I'm running four and two going, okay, I can do this activity with my daughter, which is kind of a cool thing. John Keeler, thanks for joining me today on Chasing Three Hours. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Thanks again to John Keeler for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance, as well as music and sound design. Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me, including my weekly newsletter, as I write about my experience training for the 2024 Boston Marathon. You can also email me at Chasing3Hours at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend. <laughs>